Ramona Shelburne, can you please explain to me what the deal is with the Heat's Jimmy Butler and these media day hairdos? That was actually one of the things I was looking forward to because he did this last year <laughs> when he wore the dreads, like the really long dreads. The reason why Jimmy does this is because he is very smart, okay? Because the media day is also picture day in the NBA. That is the picture that your team, the broadcast partners, everybody who puts your face on TV, like when you have a quote that's attributed <laughs> to all year, that's the photo that we're going to run all year. <laughs> so I was like, what kind of hairstyle is Jimmy going to have this year? Is he going to do that again? And he, I think he topped it. So can you describe what his look was this year? I mean, I thought it was well done. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> I, I think it probably used a flat iron, right? To, to, yeah, to I, get I would, that. I would say so. Yeah, to get, and it was like light and floofy and it's got, it, did he have some bangs? I think those were bangs. <laughs> Jimmy, last year you came out with the braids, man. What's, what's this? I had dreads like, last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, the dreads. Time. What's this? Yeah. This is, uh, my emotional state. I'm one with my emotions, so I'm emo. Leave me alone. You know what's fun, though, about Jimmy is that he's so Jimmy. I don't even know how to put it except that he's so Jimmy. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he is very disappointed that Dame Lillard is on the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the Miami Heat's main rivals, and not in Miami with him. Because all summer long, that's where we thought Dame was going to be. The best laid plans did not come together for the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler and Dame Lillard. Right. And so he put out a video, and he's, <laughs> which I thought was very funny, too. Talking about they, they need to investigate the Bucks for tampering. Yo, NBA, man. Y'all need to look into the Bucks for tampering. Y'all do. I'm just going to put that out there. Y'all didn't hear it from me, but... And at first I was like, wait, is he making some <laughs> accusation? And then I was like, no. No, he's actually being very little. He's just saying they tampered with their plans. <laughs> right. Like, no, this seriously. was supposed to happen, and you guys messed it up. <laughs> so he's above it all. Like, he is, he's at the level of veteranship where he can just troll all of us. Would you say this was more in good fun in terms of the media day look, or is there more to it? If you know Jimmy, he is not only already past it, but using it as motivation. It's funny that this feels like a long time ago, but when we last left Jimmy Butler, he was in the finals. Remember that? Yeah. He would put out videos like he was going to get ice cream, or he would say he'd tell people at the media, oh, I just hung out and played video games, or I was played uh, instruments in my house. No, do you know where he was in Denver during the finals? He was at the University of Boulder at midnight training. Mm. Okay? Like, this is a man who, he works when everybody else is sleeping. He might be a little miffed. I think he might be a little disappointed that it didn't come together. But pretty much everyone in Miami had a sense for several months that getting Dame was not a sure thing. That even though it looked like Dame wanted to go there, they didn't have many other options. It was pretty clear that Portland did not want to trade into Miami. And I think they made plans and moved on for life without Dame a while ago. You know, in a lot of ways, NBA Media Day is like the first day of school. After a summer break, you've got your new kids like Damian Lillard showing up. You've got the cool kids like Giannis with their fresh fits ready to go. And a ton of questions for everyone to answer from the media. 
And it's not unusual for those answers to be anything but straightforward. So today, Ramona Shelburne helps us read the tea leaves from Monday's NBA Media Day and tells us all what it really means. I'm Justin Tinsley. It's Wednesday, October 4th. This is ESPN Daily. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Ramona, you were on this very podcast eight days ago to tell us what was going on with James Harden, and we'll get to him. But in digesting what we saw around the NBA on Media Day, you know, we got to start with Dame Lillard, who spent all offseason saying he wanted to land in Miami. So based on what he said Monday, how would you grade his reaction to ending up in Milwaukee? I'd give it a solid B plus. Mm, right? Impressive. Every time I've been to Milwaukee over the course of my career, I just stay in a hotel the whole time because it's like snowing or something like that. So um, seeing the sun out and, you know, being by the water and stuff like that, it almost, you know, made me smile a little bit like, man, this, this could be all right. I mean, look, was he jumping up and down and eating cheese curds? No, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I didn't see, I didn't see him chugging any beers or having some brats with Giannis. Right? Do you see Giannis's post the other day? Tell me about brats. Yep. In terms of a guy who had requested to go to a different team and really wasn't told or kept in the loop at all about what the Blazers were thinking until the trade was essentially done and reported, I think he handled it pretty well. I saw what kind of team I was coming to be a part of, and then that was when the excitement kicked in, you know, just recognizing the opportunity uh, that it is and um, just knowing how much I, I want to win. And obviously Giannis, you know, is, is public record that I've always mentioned. You know, if I had to team up with one person, it would be him. I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity to play with him. I'm excited for the opportunity to, to be freed up and to be able to have more space and opportunity to, to play. You know, Milwaukee was not one of his first calls. But if you say that you want to trade because you want a chance to win, and then you get traded to the team with Giannis Antetokounmpo, who won a title a couple years ago, you cannot be upset. Like, you you just have—this is—you have a chance to win. You're probably the favorites in the Eastern Conference. you in Boston now. And I think for Dame— Everybody understands that he needs some time to process this. He didn't, he wasn't having, he didn't get any heads up. Like, hey, it might be Milwaukee, start looking for some real estate. Right. Like, this is just a couple days old. I don't know, how would you do if somebody told you you had to move in two days? Really? It's hard. Really, you know, that, that's essentially what happened. That is what happened. Yeah, it's hard. Halfway across the country, I don't think there's any direct flights to Portland. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough one. So I thought he did a very professional, good job. He was posed in his jersey. He's been tweeting about it. He he sent the farewell song to Portland. I think for a guy who had a seismic change in his life, I think he's done a pretty remarkable and professional job of just processing quickly. 
Okay, so adding Dame from an on-court perspective is one thing, but you got to believe Dame is also being brought in to help secure the ultimate bag that is that max contract for Giannis, right? I think that's why they went and got it. I mean, as much as you want to say this is about Dame and how great he is, the, the, the candle that lit the fire under them was Giannis's interviews all summer long where he said, I want to be in a place that wants to win as bad as I do. He has a contract extension coming up. He can be a free agent soon if he declines player options and doesn't extend. And so to me, that was, that was Giannis putting the bat signal up. Get me help. <laughs> like, no. we lost in the first round last year. I can't carry the team every year offensively. And so, yes, they traded offense for defense. They traded out one of the best two-way players in the game in Drew Holiday. They're going to miss him. His, he's a solid guy. They won a championship with him. But he's not Dame Lillard offensively. Right. And so that was – this is a big gamble for the Bucs because of how much money Dame makes, but also because it's not like Giannis is signing an extension tomorrow. Like, this still has to work. And if it doesn't work – you still have this Giannis question of, is he going to stay here long-term? And that's the question, right? So th this was probably the biggest question from reporters that, that Giannis got on Monday. So if and when he'll sign a new deal, how did he respond to those questions? I think Giannis said everything you'd want him to say. Like, he, you know, he's happy they went out and did that, and this shows a commitment. But I don't think he was committal. It did not make sense to sign a contract right now, you know, like, because money is not important. A lot of money is important. <laughs> so I'm going to sign it next year. But at the end of the day, like, I want to be a Milwaukee back for uh, the rest of my career as long as we are winning. It's simple as that. Like, what do you expect me to say? To be a Milwaukee back and be a loser? I, like, that's never going to come out of my mouth. And why is that? What's the difference between signing this year or waiting until next summer? There is a financial component. If he waits, he can get more money next year. Mm. So... He, that that buys you some time. But I think it also gives everybody some time to say, is this going to work? Sometimes guys just want to have control of their own careers and destinies. And like, you know, I think with Giannis, like he's he is a loyal guy. He would want to stay. He says he wants to stay in Milwaukee, but he needs to make sure that this roster can win for as long as he's there. And for my money, as long as Giannis is in his prime, you're a contender. Absolutely. Justin, how many super teams have we seen constructed that, that, that look great driving off the lot? Yeah, the great majority of them. And don't play all that well. <laughs> and they're in the shop right away. That's why we cherish the, the Golden State Warriors or the Miami Heat yep. or, you know, any team before them. So the drama around where Giannis will spend the rest of his career isn't solved yet, right? But for Milwaukee, acquiring Dame came with a significant cost in the form of Drew Holiday. First, he landed in Portland, but then he was quickly traded to the Celtics. We won't hear from Drew for the first time until today, but what are you hearing from Boston's camp about acquiring a player the caliber of a Drew Holiday? I mean, to me, this is very underrated in terms of how much impact it's going to make. I think Drew Holiday, if, if I were to like describe a perfect fit for their culture, it would be Drew. He doesn't make waves anywhere. You never see Drew Holiday in any kind of controversy. He's a hard-nosed defender. He does whatever you need him to do. I wouldn't say he's a vocal leader. He's not quiet, but he's not a vocal leader. He's not going to get up in people's faces the way Marcus Smart might have. But they were really missing that leadership component when they traded Marcus Smart. That was the biggest hold to me. And they just filled it, and then some, by getting Drew Holiday. It feels like the Bucks and Celtics are on a collision course in the East. So 
Mark your calendars now if you're listening. The first matchup is the day before Thanksgiving, November 22nd on, surprise, surprise, ESPN. So, Ramona, how do you size up what these teams are going to look like once they actually tip off? Well, I think the biggest question is the size. The Celtics, in getting Drew Holiday, traded away Robert Williams III, who was, he's a great shot blocker. He's a great defensive player. He was in contention for Defensive Player of the Year when they had their year to the finals and they when he was healthy all year. And now their front line is Al Horford and Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah. I mean, look, everything the Celtics had done up until this trade had been about acquiring more shooting, acquiring more offense, letting some defensive-minded players go because they felt like between Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Derek White, they had some good defensive players and they could make up for that, but they needed guys who could space the floor. Porzingis can shoot the three, he can space the floor. Al Horford can shoot the three, he can space the floor. They felt like they had enough defense to sacrifice some of it for offense. By getting Drew Holiday, now they got a whole lot of defense back. And this... This Celtics team, to me, that fit with Porzingis playing as that he's either going to be a stretch five or a stretch four, right? What he does defensively is really going to be the bellwether for me because you lost a lot of rim protection and he has the ability to, to provide that. Not Maybe not at the level Robert Williams does, but if he can do a, a serviceable job on that back line, if Al Horford can do a serviceable job, then they're going to be scary because... Milwaukee's greatest strength is Giannis, right? Then you have Brooke Lopez on the back line. Like they they lost some perimeter defense there, but they have a they have a pretty keen height advantage when you go against the Celtics in terms of interior. Right. And that advantage name is Giannis, because nobody can stop Giannis, right? But if you lose that rim protector, that opens that up for like for Giannis. That opens him up in a way that they it hasn't been in the past few years when those two guys have played, when these two teams have played. And so I think that matchup is going to be really interesting to see how the Celtics' back line holds up, but also how the Bucks' perimeter defense holds up. Because now you just traded away one of your best perimeter defenders when you're matching up with a team that has two all-league, all-NBA perimeter right. scores in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. And so, like, each other team's strength is the other one's weakness. And in that chess match that's going to go on all season and probably in a seven-game playoff series, we'll we'll see if there's coaching adjustments that can tilt it one way or the other. But the matchup is very interesting in terms of where the weaknesses line up with the other team's strengths. After the break, while the Bucks and Celtics are moving forward, the 76ers' Groundhog Day loop has them stuck in neutral. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Delicious, meat nutritious, in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends. 
or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. So while Milwaukee and Boston have been making moves, Ramona, things in Philadelphia haven't been about tweaking the roster, but rather handling James Harden. Now, last week, you took us through the beats, and now Harden has predictably not shown up to camp so far. Now, to be fair, Woj tweeted that he'll be reporting soon, but what's the word of the day when it comes to this stalemate? Well, last week I was on with Brian Windhorst on the Hoop Collective, and yeah, I, I quizzed him on like, okay, what's your word of the day for the Sixers, and is will he or won't he show up? The fact that he didn't show up on media day, I thought, was almost made it easier for everyone involved. Yes, they had to answer questions about it, but he wasn't there and it didn't hover. They actually got to go through the paces and have a real practice on the first day of training camp too. Um, and so Brian's word of the day was like obfuscate, like it's murky and we still don't know what's going on there. And my word of the day at the time was theatrics. Cause I just thought James was going to do some theatrics. Like he had been at the last week was he went to the club and there were signs, Daryl yep. Morey's a liar. Like, yep. he was, you know, <laughs> it was the anthem that was playing. <laughs> And I had a friend call me and was like, you know, I think you had the wrong word of the day. I'm like, what's the word of the day in Philadelphia? He goes, how about Manish Tana? Care to elaborate <laughs> like, on that? Okay, let me, let me elaborate on that. Go ahead. So if you're Jewish, you understand the reference to the four questions, right? And the four questions is something that a child sings at Passover. And the phrase, I'll just sing it a little bit for you, but I'll translate it first so you know what I'm singing. The whole point of it is, why is this night different than all other nights? And the way that you ask the question is, Manishtana okay. means, why is this night different from all other nights? And that, wow. my friends, is the word of the day in Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I was not expecting that plot twist. But it was a good one, huh? No, no, it was, it was, a good it was one. damn good. Um. <laughs> uh, why is this night different from all other nights? Because we have been doing the will he or won't he show up and cause a ruckus in training camp for a couple of years now, right? Before the hiss was Ben Simmons. Yeah. You know, is he going to show up? If he shows up, what's he going to do? Cell phone's going to fall out of his pocket. Okay. Yep. <laughs> in the middle of practice. Like, James Harden, is he going to show up? Is he going to show up and cause a ruckus? He's going to hold the sign? Is he going <laughs> to... Like, how is this going to go? And... I just feel like they're in this loop of disgruntled superstars wrecking the start of their seasons. And it's, it's, I feel sorry for them because it's, I think each situation is different and, and how they got there with Ben Simmons is how, is very different than how they got there with James Harden. But the reality is the same. Their teammates now and their coaches are having to answer for somebody who doesn't want to be there. You did say GM Daryl Morey had to answer questions about the Harden situation at Media Day. What exactly did we hear from him? You know, he essentially said, um, you know, I haven't responded to why James has called me a liar because I think my reputation around the league in the last 20 years 
is that I follow through on what I say. Well, I don't think I have to interpret it. He said what he meant, uh, and I think that was well reported on. Obviously, a text, I haven't responded to that because I think it falls flat on its face. 20 years of working in the league, always followed through on everything. And he kind of just said, everyone in the league knows that, every agent, you can't, you can't operate in this job with that. I think a lot of people reached out to Daryl Morey after that, after James Harden said that. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of the Harden fishing. He said again, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of the organization that he's a part of. Thank you, Rich. I think when James said that about Daryl Morey, it hurt him. I mean, I you know I know he confided in some people that it hurt that this guy he had been a champion for and had always believed in and had done, it moved heaven and earth to get him to Philadelphia so they could reunite. Had traded for him twice, right? He traded for him in Houston and, and brought him from Oklahoma City yep. because he believed in him so much. It hurt that this guy had turned on him, that he was calling him a liar and that it became so personal. Sometimes those things go badly. And when they end, they don't end, you know, in a casual parting of ways. They end with a messy breakup. And that's what this feels like here. Yeah. And, I, you know, look, if, you could, if you'll allow me, <laughs> since I like to make metaphors on this show, <laughs> literary metaphors, or I guess just Passover metaphors. When, when the Sixers traded for James Harden, I remember thinking at the time that this is like Captain Ahab. Like Daryl Morey and James Harden, I mean, that's like his white whale. Like he, he so believes in him. Like this is the guy that I'm going to win a championship with. This guy is it. And we know what happened with Captain Ahab, okay? He didn't get the white whale. <laughs> I'm not going to bury the details. But when you believe in somebody so strongly, you don't leave an exit route. You know, you just, you commit. And I think for James... It's the same thing when somebody believes in you so wholeheartedly. And then all of a sudden, it comes time to commit with that long-term contract, with that max deal, and they don't do it. It hurts more. It becomes personal. It becomes emotional. Now, to be fair, Captain Ahab couldn't trade away Moby Dick. <laughs> but moving away from Harden sounds like a challenge. One school of thought says if some team wanted James Harden, they would have made a deal by now. But another says that, you know, maybe Harden is creating a soap opera. And he's going to drive down the asking price. How do you see it, Ramona? You know, I think um, they really don't have a lot of leverage here. And this is this would be trading James Harden at pretty rock bottom value. And so I think if you're Philadelphia, the best thing for you would be let James Harden get come back to camp, play, get paid, which is essentially my read of why he's actually showing up in camp and reporting and rebuild his value. And then if he still wants to be traded in January or February, and now there's a team that's looking for some scoring or looking for a playmaker that feels like it's one piece away, now you got something. Putting Harden aside for a moment, let's talk about Joel Embiid. His most notable quote from Monday was probably what he said about the Bucks and Celtics, right? Yeah, I thought that was interesting when he was asked about Boston and Milwaukee surpassing them. And he said, who said they surpassed us? In terms of those teams surpassing your team. Who said they surpassed us? Uh, we still got to go out there and, you know, compete. Uh, you can do whatever you want on, you know, off the court. Uh, but you still got to go out there and put the ball in the hoop. I thought that was an interesting 
leadership moment for him because one, if there is a knock on Joel is that he is not necessarily the vocal leader on the team. He's He shows up, he plays hard, he's incredibly talented, probably one of the most talented players in the league right now, if not the most talented in terms of just all the skills that he can do at his height. But he's he's kind of keeps to himself a little bit. He's not sullen or anything. He's just not up in your face and, you know, but when you, that's setting a tone. That's something that his good buddy Jimmy Butler would do. Like the defiance at accepting the narrative. By the way, you could ask Jimmy Butler the same thing and he would give a very similar answer. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Joel actually got that kind of answer from talking to Jimmy Butler. <laughs> the fact that he said that out loud to me shows he's working on that leadership game. He's working on trying to set the tone for this team and how it's going to approach this year. Well, as we've been discussing, the biggest drama and intrigue is all coming out of the Eastern Conference right now. But we got to turn to the West for a moment. I mean, because it is the home of the reigning NBA champs in the Denver Nuggets. And Finals MVP Nikola Jokic was his usual understated self on Monday. So much so that we saw a clip of him kind of sulking into the arena and somebody captioned it. It's probably my favorite caption of all of them. <laughs> Bruh, sick. He back in the States and got to go back to work. <laughs> I love that description. How about you, Ramona? I mean... Nikola Jokic's summer has been one for the ages, right? There's a lot of clips of him at the club. Absolutely. A lot of yes. clips of him at the horse track and a lot of clips mm-hmm. of him at the club. And I was like, oh, okay, Jokic. Like, we now we, he started dancing at the parade and he never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fun. He had a great uh, summer. He, he earned did. it, though. Yeah. Go enjoy yourself. You won a title. Absolutely. Um, I think it's not about going back to work. It's about being in front of the media. Because if there's one thing <laughs> that we have all learned that Nikola Jokic hates, it is having to do press conferences. Like, he does Absolutely. not. He'll stick a mic in front of that guy, and he's like, how long does that, do I have to talk? <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he doesn't he doesn't dislike the media. Like, he's not he's not one of those guys, like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. He's not Marshawn, okay? Yeah. And he doesn't have grudges or anything like that. It, it's not... It's not a personal thing. He just wants to play basketball. He just wants to shut up and play ball. Like, why do we need to talk about it? Why do we need to make all this drama? Why do we need to have all these storylines and answer all these questions? Like, how does that matter when it comes to winning? He's going to have the shortest Hall of Fame speech of all time. Seriously. <laughs> Did he even do an MVP speech? Like, I know they went to, didn't they? Didn't the, the Nuggets sent a, a, a contingent to to Serbia to present it to him. And then I think he was out on the horse ranch and he was like, all right, thanks. <laughs> thanks for dropping off my mail. <laughs> I gotta go feed the horses now. All right, so I'm saving the best for last as far as media day goes. The most interesting thing I saw was actually when LeBron was asked if this could be his last season. Does any part of you think this could be your last season? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Can you, can you expound on that? No, nah, I can't because I don't know. I'm just going. I'm happy right now. I'm excited, but I don't know. How, I don't know what the end of this role looked like, or at the end of the season. I have no idea. I've covered LeBron a lot, and you've covered him even more than I have. But we both know this is a guy who knows this question is coming. So it was kind of surprising to hear him not have an answer ready. He kept saying, "I don't know," or maybe. LeBron acting like he didn't have an answer ready was the answer. You never know with LeBron. It's part of the experience of covering him for almost the last quarter century. But Ramona, what did you make of what LeBron said there? Well, I went back to the end of game four in the Western Conference Finals when he said pretty much the exact same thing, (laughs) right? (laughs) It was the end of the season, and he was 
gassed. I mean, that that playoff run took a lot out of him. And I think LeBron seemed like he was in great spirits. He said, I'm happy. I I want to be here. You know, I, I don't know when the end is going to be. I don't know what it looks like. I'm looking forward to tomorrow and getting the team to, team to training camp. And so I actually think that was a pretty good answer for him because he doesn't know how he's going to feel at the end of the season again. But I'm also going to give him the benefit of the doubt here, which is, He's, he's actually telling you the truth. He's finally not giving you a, a complete answer. Like, he's like, can we just be okay with the idea that there is some uncertainty around this? <laughs> that I'm kind of going year to year or month to month, <laughs> that I'm just going to see how my 38-year-old body feels <laughs> at the end of the year, right? Right. And I think that's fine. So he also anointed Anthony Davis as the mm-hmm. face of the franchise. I mean, he's, I mean, he is the face, um, you know, and uh, he's another, you know, you look at all these numbers that surround this, this facility, all the greats that's come here, and 80 is one of them. What do you think about that? Uh, that, my friends, is what's called a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, hey, it's your turn. <laughs> come on, grab that torch. It's time. It's time. I saw Kobe do that at one point. When the Lakers traded for Dwight Howard, there was this question of, you know, when is Kobe going to pass the torch to Dwight? And Kobe was like, there's no such thing as passing torches. You just come get it. <laughs> like, if you're worthy of it, you just come get the torch and grab it from me. And I'll say, all right, kid. Like, that, that, that's essentially how that Kobe-Dwight thing went. And I think LeBron has been has carried that torch for the Lakers for a number of years. Anthony Davis is capable of grabbing that torch from him, and LeBron just challenged him to do it. Ramona Shelburne, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. I'm Justin Tinsley. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.